the grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grade Cricketer Podcast from a hotel room in sunny, breezy Newcastle on Tyneside. My name's Ian Higgins. I'm joined by Sam Perry and Dave Edwards in the same room. Boys, welcome. Australia have just won the first Ashes Test match. Five nils on the cards, like we always call for months and months and months. Uh, welcome. Thanks to you guys. Oh, great I mean, great Glenn, to be here. Glenn McGrath said it could be 11 nil if you take into account mm. previous series as well. And, and I share that, com- share that confidence immediately. Yeah, and... Let's set the scene a little bit. I mean, it's great to be in the same room together. Mm-hmm. We're a little bit foggy from jet lag. Yeah, we've been here two nights now, mm. Pez, you and I, and he goes, you've been here three nights, so you're probably a little bit more acclimatised. I've probably had eight hours sleep aggregate. Mm. Cumulatively. Cumulatively. But let's set the scene. I mean, let's look at the room. This, we're, three, we're actually sharing this room tonight. Three men, three men in their early to mid-30s. <laughs> and we're in Newcastle and we're sharing a room. And, and it's a room that overlooks a wonderful cricket ground as well where we're uh, performing tonight. And we did come into this room and we, and we just stopped and took a... It ha- this happens quite a lot with the grade cricketer, three mm. clubmen who played Sydney grade cricket, 2001 to 2006 inclusive mm. uh, and a little bit beyond. And we just thought... What has it come to this? As Mike's going to say, how and why and all of those things, and that's, that's what our tour of the UK has been so far. That we've, there's already been some pretty loose offerings uh, from us, and mm. um, and and some pretty loose experiences. But uh, we're going to go through that and talk about the Ashes as well. Well, we appreciate people coming to the Birmingham show last night, and uh, we've got Leeds and Manchester coming up after Newcastle tonight. But let's get into the actual cricket, cricket. that was played, which people the are game listening about. They care about mm. the cricket that was played. Australia have mm. won. May I remind you? That it was uh, eight for one hundred and twenty. Australia were or let us never forget that. Mm. Let us never forget that. I mean, this is this is possibly in the pantheon of one of the greatest all-time comebacks mm. in Australian cricketing history. Mm. Is that an overstatement? I, I don't think so. People are starting to compare it to Pune twenty seventeen, of course, where Steve O'Keefe, friend of the show, mm. took twelve for seventy. Uh, being, it's been compared to amazing Adelaide. Mm. I think it supersedes that comfortably. Yes, mm. uh, very comfortably. Uh, I. I mean, given Australia's struggles in England, given that Australia hasn't won a match at Edge Baston since Sale of the Century was on TV, since Sven Joran Eriksson was manager of the England football side since September 11th. Mm. Um, the conspiracy that what was. What year was that? Exactly. Mm. Uh, th- this, this has to be the best, I think, of, thi- of this century. It's so big, Pez. Um, and just so good to see Steve Smith back. Mm. And what a return it was. I mean, this was the Steve Smith show mm. in all essence. Mm. And he is back in love with cricket. He fell out of love. He said he fell out of love with cricket. With cricket. the Jonathan Agu of TMS um, after, the, after the game. So he fell out of love. But now he's back in love with cricket. For a brief period. And I, I don't actually well, believe he, he was ever out of well, love with cricket. It could be like when you, you, know, you break up with someone and mm. then you get back together and it's just stronger. It's better. Because mm. you've gone through that. Is yeah. that. Or how did he fall back in love with cricket? I don't, maybe he was leaving balls outside his, you know, in his hotel room. Hotel room. I can't mm. speak for a second. But like, I mean, some of the... the all the eccentricities were there the, the the twitches the ticks they were all there beautiful like, ticks he was even hit in the head by Ben Stokes in the first innings and then just kind of like just shook it off as if he'd just woken up from a cold shower mm. 
incredible stuff. I mean, but, but I mean, at the same time, whilst we celebrate Steve Smith's success, is also the other story is that England were down a bowler after four overs because Jimmy Anderson played himself. Couple of yeah, couple of kind of uh, what would you say like parentheses that we need to throw in for this victory Caveats. for Australia. Mm. They did England did lose their best bowler mm. after the thirty-seven year old decided to play himself <laughs> uh, leading into the game <laughs> against instruction apparently. Against, against instruction. What's what good cricketers go though? Overall science. Yeah. I mean, yeah. DRS don't believe me in <laughs> yeah. climate change. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Am I injured? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Play. He's a flat earther, no doubt, uh, Jimmy Anderson. Uh, so they had that. Uh, Moeen Ali wasn't at his best. No. Um, he wasn't at his second best, Moeen. Yeah. Well, I think he is second best. You know, he's, he's a second spinner, Moeen, isn't he? We were, so we were there yesterday at Edge Baston. Yeah. This uh, incredible situation. It, it took Australia, despite those things, but despite winning the toss, losing Anderson, Steve Smith playing probably his greatest match in his career, which yes. is saying something. Yes. Mm. It took, I think Wooey said this the other day, and I mm. always agree with Wooey, especially cool. on the Sun mm. Yang stuff. Yep. Uh, I'm serious. Um, it took them until day four to get on top, but they did yeah. get on top, and England made some bizarre decisions in relation to their bowling changes. I mean, this, this was a, t- you know, Australia yeah. were only 30 odd in front, etc. Yeah, yeah, Travis yeah. Head had just been dismissed, yep. uh, and they decided to, with Matthew Wade coming in, coming back into the test side, to bowl part timers plus yeah. Moeen. Yep. No works to be seen, yep. no broad. Uh, next thing you know, Australia's made 500 and the match is theirs. Pez and Eddowes, England are knackered. They are knackered mm. after the World Cup. Right? I actually heard Michael Vaughan saying this uh, similar thing, which is what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't see how you can have the series of your fucking career, mm. of your life, building up to it for four years' time. And then just like, imagine celebrating, imagine the circuit going yeah. out and the mm. way they won it. The, like the, the, the weight of the world off their shoulders, like the, the emotional stress, they won the game. And then like they celebrate. And then having to go back to training for an Ireland test match. And then there's like this fucking massive Ashes test match. Like it's exhausting. And they were so far ahead of the test match. Going into day four, Travis Head gets out of Australia with a, 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 you know. Slender lead. Slender 110 Mm. run lead. Anything could have happened. Joe Denley bowls 10 overs on the spin. Mm. Like what? Mm. No, they they just cooked. Mm. They've already resigned to never getting Steve Smith out. No. England are knackered. I mean. Is that an excuse? I'm sorry. I mean, the the ECB. The ICC create this schedule. Are we to excuse England's performance? I mean, they have created this season mm. to for it to be like the crowning moment of their 120 year history. Yeah, mm. you know, this was about winning the World Cup and the Ashes, which they may still do. Mm. Uh, they knew what they were getting themselves into. Yes, uh, and you know they have run into you know the BSB, Bessins Bradman, mm. uh, who's obviously as we said, out to compensate for the time that he spent off and I worry for opposition sides mm-hmm. uh, in relation to that. Fell out a lot of briefly, now he's back. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I have noticed that the narrative already with some of the tabloid press and some of the English cricket writers is that, like, let's excuse this one. The emotional resilience is low at the moment. They'll come back into it, etc. But they, they created this challenge for themselves. Mm-hmm. Can they come back from this, though? I mean, this is just the worst possible thing that could have happened to England. Mm-hmm. It, like, ev- literally everything went wrong for them in this first test yeah. and everything went right for Australia. And it was yep. delicious. Yeah. And we had craved this well, we've for been so feasting. long. Yeah. And aren't we feasting? Emotionally so. Eddos, if I said mm. to you, what, what would be the perfect scenario for mm. Australia to win this test match? What would be some of those things that needed to happen? Well, uh, you know, obviously we would need to stare directly into the jaws of defeat, which we did on day one. Yep. 
Um, then, you know, we would have to mercilessly attack a part-timer who was over-bold, <laughs> which happened. Um, then I, I always want that as yeah. part of my And then us, yeah. the grade cricket, would need to arrive on the day where we <laughs> literally change everything and just dominate the entire day. Yeah. And that happened yeah. um, on day four. And then on d- and day five, just turn up and roll them. Yeah. Steve Smith, 200s in yes. each innings. 140 each time. Yes, England's each best time. ever bowler needed to not play after mm, four yeah. overs, bowled. That also happened, and, exactly. the boo- and the booing was subsiding, as you know, in They've front of our it. eyes. They stopped it. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to just to recap, yep. England lose Anderson, mm. Smith gets back to back hundreds. Mm. Line takes what did he get ten for in the end? Close nine. to nine. Mm. Yeah. Wade end, comes back in, gets Wade a ton. hits a ton, yeah. and Australia win by two hundred and fifty runs at the fortress that uh, mm. you know is not even the top fifteen most mm. intimidating <laughs> grounds, according <laughs> to the Australian captain Tim Payne. He said in the press conference afterwards that mm. um, he was he was only he was, he was sort of poking the bear, but he was having a bit of fun. Yeah, there's no doubt. And then, and what then he, he said, said, you know, when we were one hundred and twenty-two for eight, were you a bit worried? He said, Oh no, not yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> not really. Just stick to the game plan, really. We'll just stick to it. Yeah. He said, oh, I was I was not yeah. overly worried. Yeah, it's a different. Why can't of worry? professional players just say, you know what, it wasn't going great. Mm. We Absolutely were nervous. Absolutely fucking packing them, mate. We were nervous about, you know, having a show on day four of the test match at the mm. end of the, you know, mm. so let's insert ourselves into the story again. Mm. Of course. But, but That's like, what you do now in cricket. Why can't they just say, journalism. just like, no, we, you know, <sighs> fucked it. You know, yeah. like Joe Root was asked a question just like, you know, do you worry about like Steve Smith in the, in the you know, mm. for this series? And he's like, well, he's going to have to start again at Lords. Mm. Yes, he will. Should yes. you have played Anderson? Oh, you yeah. Know, everything easy with hindsight, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking easy. That's yeah. what this podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so an incredible result for Australia. Everything went right. And uh, we move on to Lords, mm. uh, mm. where. Everyone's now predicting that there'll be a, a raging green seamer because well, England can't win any other way, which is just an incredible turnaround. But, mate, no one can bat. And this is the sort of thing, like, Steve Smith is just clearly the difference between... Well, I'd say Steve Smith and Nathan Lyon compared to Moeen Ali. They're, they're the two clear differences. Mm. Smith in, versus Denley at number four. <laughs> mate, exactly. And, and like... I hadn't realised like how bad England's situation with batting is. I mean, Rory Bourne, Rory Burns got a hundred in the first innings, but like he's basically left-handed Smith, so yeah. no, no one's scoring good-looking <laughs> runs, which is a huge <laughs> that's issue. The, that's the greatest compliment he'll ever get in his life. <laughs> the left-handed Smith. He's, yeah. he's basically Bradman, but left-handed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Bradman would average four hundred if he was left-handed because it's cheating. Um, y- y- you know, like so they're, they're going to prepare a green seamer, but like. Two things. First of all, like this is kind of hiding the fact that Australia were 120 for eight, even though we've already mm. mentioned it at the very top of the show. It's just like there are still huge issues. Like Warner um, again struggled in England. Still, he's only hit two fifties. Is that right, mm. person? He's in, he, he hit uh, Warner hit a bunch of fifties in the last series. In actually, in okay. each test, he's never gone beyond that. Okay, uh, but but yeah, he looks like he's got technical issues there. You're right. It wasn't just a hundred. It wasn't just. 122 for eight. Australia was behind in the match a couple of other times after yep. that. England led by 90 yep. on the first innings. They couldn't get uh, Wokes and Broad out mm. either. Mm. Uh, and then they were still three for not many. Kawaja scored some important second innings runs to erase the deficit. Mm, 40, yeah. but Siddle, was, don't we'll, forget Siddle we'll, as well. Yeah, Siddle some Stepped runs. Up. They were still three for not many. So, uh, you know, I- England were up against it. Smith had an absolute worldie. Uh, the thing is, you sort of go... Maybe Smith can Smith play better than that, and you sort of because statistically you shouldn't really hit 140 in two innings. It doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Smith and you're like, the 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 dude is making up for lost time. Mm-hmm. He's, he he that, he could just be getting started. Mm-hmm. And like the the mood here in England is like, 
I hate the way this guy bats. Mm. He frustrates me. Everything looks terrible about him. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to get him out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're depressed already yeah. about him. Well, was, do you remember watching Pajara bat at the MCG and the SCG on dropping pitches? Well, yeah. the SCG is not a dropping pitch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so oh, Gillen. Alan yeah, Jones. Just, yeah. 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 Side mouth the shit out of that just for a second. Um, so, you know, they have to put up with that. Um you know, are you enjoying watching Steve Smith bat? Like, like no, what I want to ask you is like, yeah. you know, uh, we're watching him bat yesterday, right? Mm. And like, you can see like the physics going on as he's watching yeah, the ball, yeah. his fucking numbers the and shapes. Meme. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, right? Well, I mean, I used to feel that way about Steve Smith. Like, I didn't enjoy watching him, but now, you know, that everything has changed and he's our national saviour yep. and he's fucking humiliating England on their own home soil and yeah. I'm here in England yeah. to experience that. Yep. I fucking love Steve Smith. Mm. You know, I'm watching Rob Belinda 2 highlights of <laughs> early Steve Smith innings from the 90s, or two, sorry, mid-2000s, I should say. Yeah. And just a newfound appreciation for him because, fuck, we didn't have him for a while and didn't we really, him. really missed him. Exactly. Like, it hasn't... Haven't we craved a saviour in Australia for quite some time? Mm. I mean, we've really been disoriented mm. as a nation. Yeah, since was Since Farlap <laughs> and then since probably 1999. Yeah. Like, yeah. probably this century we felt disoriented. If we're, if we're being honest with ourselves. Yeah, we and then, like, we went to Edgebaston yesterday and that I haven't felt safety like that. No. Just in, internally. Yeah. Emotional safety. Mm. As I did when I was watching Smith crab across his crease and yeah. wave that wand around in a way that I will argue is quite symmetrical. And it's, People laugh yeah. at it, mm. but if you actually look, he's drawing circles around the ball. Mm. He knows what he's doing. He creates an environment within himself where that, that it's Matrix-esque. Yeah, he's the way completing that he the, the sequence ball. around the ball mm. and then he's putting the full stop on the sequence. Yeah, and, and ordinarily, right, because... We'll talk different, you know, at a different time about the evolution of the Australian side and now it's a Colts mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Ordinarily, the way Smith bat is <laughs> is something that, as a great cricketer, you'll just say, like, man, that is just yuck. yuck. There's nothing more yuck than the way yeah. you bat. But the, the, the deep nerdishness and obsession that he has to batting is just something we have needed. You know, we haven't been able to score runs for a long time. It feels so well, great to just have someone that is so committed to the art of batting for his nation. Yep. Now, Bradman always said when he scored runs, he did it for the country, mm-hmm. um, which, which confirmed him as a liar. He's a liar. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've now got somebody again who, who we just know when he walks out, he's going to score runs. But it can't, you know, we talk about the right kind of runs, mm-hmm. you know, and we've always <laughs> talked about that. And right, you've got yeah. the, it's not just, you know, about hitting runs, but hitting them the right way. You've got to look good. Aesthetics mean everything in, you know, modern society, and particularly in cricket. But now we just need runs. Mm-hmm. And Steve Smith's so providing runs. I don't care how they look. Aesthetics don't mean mm-hmm. as much as they used to. Um, and he's fucking making English people wince mm. with every shot and every extravagant leave mm-hmm. that he's doing. We're, Dag we're is through a, English hearts. <laughs> we're in a we're in a uh, doesn't matter how you get him economy. Yeah, at the moment, if exactly. we're honest with ourselves, yeah, exactly. And 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 Steve Smith is the uh, yeah. is the wizard of that. I don't <laughs> want to see how you get them. I don't want to you know peek behind the curtains and see you know mm. how this is all put together. I don't yeah. want to go into the Bang- Bangladeshi sweatshops and mm, see yeah. how this material is made. Mm. I just want to fucking buy that Nike mm. shit. For you know, cost price. Mm. So Steve Smith is Enron essentially. We don't know where the, where the funds are coming from as long as they are coming through. Mm. Um, I mean, Bradman brought Australia through the Great Depression. You know, what's Steve Smith bringing us through? Sandpaper. He's like he's come full circle. You know, mm. he, he allegedly created the environment. Uh, we which, all want. Uh, well, house prices are going down, massive. so he's bringing us through the downturn in property. Okay, sport, sport is the opiate of the masses. For yeah. me, it's, it's about the lack of uh, meaningful climate change action. Okay, uh, he's he bringing just, us he, through. He, that. He, well, he just briefly takes meaningful climate change. Meaningful action. climate change action. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know, he, he briefly allows you just to switch off and escape from that while you yeah. just watch him crab across the crease. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to worry about the earth dying, no. etc. We're yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's hot, isn't it? So it's a distraction. Yeah, <laughs> it's a distraction from the world's Lads, realities. We, we we spoke about um you know the right kind of runs, and we often speak about mm. that on this podcast. Mm. Um, and off the podcast. And off the podcast, individually and collectively, mm. you know Matthew Wade was oh, criticised yeah. for not scoring the right kind of runs. He yeah. said, yeah, well, there's no point scoring runs at six. Mm. You know, unless you get picked mm. in the straight and you score a hundred at six in the in the third innings of a test Who match. Who would have thought that you could actually score a hundred at six? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Australian cricket has been doing it for fucking centuries. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a minute since someone yeah. for Australia scored a hundred let alone someone yeah. at six mm. um, we've had some sixes over the years when I think six I think like early early Ponting yeah. early Clark mm. you know the greats and mm. Martin Batter from the Marcus well, North it, it was the um, apprenticeship number for number apprenticeship three apprenticeship number you, you, pre- you do your apprenticeship at number six you score yep. a couple yep. hundreds then yep. you get up to three yep, yep. Not saying that Matt Way is going to be three for Australia, though. Though, yeah. if Uzi doesn't score many runs, I'm yeah. looking too far ahead there. Let's just enjoy Wade at six. Six is an apprenticeship, isn't it? Mm. This is. I want to go deeper with that. There's yeah. there's a problem with like Australian cricket generally for us because you know we've spoken about we were the winners of sandpaper, yes. you know, collectively as a mm. business model. Mm. <laughs> there weren't too many winners out of sandpaper. We we were one. <laughs> yeah. But now, like you know, Australia are nice guys, the earthing and stuff, the cult, all that sort of thing. But also now they're they're picking like they're picking guys based on like who has scored runs in shield cricket and mm. they succeed. Now, this is an issue because this makes sense. Yeah. This is an issue for us. Yep. It's starting to look a little bit logical. Sensical. Mm. Sensical, <laughs> logical. We're starting to go back to things that used to work. We're, we're, we're getting so, guys from the systems yep. that have served us well yeah. through the last century. I'm, I'm a bit concerned yeah. about a meritocracy. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right way for Australian yeah. cricket to go. Mm. And, they've, and they've, they've, they've toured with a pack of bowlers. Who can do a job? Peter Siddle is a selection that they've groomed for a period of time. Who's going to do well in England? You know, Pattinson's back in the squad as well. Now we've got horses for courses. They're they're respecting conditions. They understand that you can't just overlay Australian alpha aggression to every element of cricket. Exactly. You can't go to India and bowl 140 k's and succeed anymore. We must adapt and respect. Yeah, I mean they're using a combination of feel and Mm. data-driven analysis Mm. to inform selections. Yeah, which is really strange and and unusual. (laughs) This is what Steve Smith allows us to do. We're 120 for eight. Yeah, staring down the barrel of losing five nil. We had a really back to back hundreds, and now we're saying that the Australian nation is back on track economically. (laughs) Climate policy, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Prices going back up again. (laughs) Prices are up. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yeah, the Australian dollar's down though. Let me tell Mm. you, it's turning a couple of days. Good, we get paid pounds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, let's let's talk collectively about the Ashes as as a whole. Okay. In that. I think, like, I mean, we spoke b- before the test match. I think Australia can fucking win the Ashes. And I, I thought, yeah. I said, like, there was a world where Australia can go to Lords and be 2 up. Australia's got a great record there. Yeah. I mean, who knows if That's that happens? Right. There's still, there's still you know, some, some, mm. some flaws in the Australian yeah. lineup. But, like, look at the squads. And now Mark Wood is out. James Anderson, that calf ain't getting fixed in the next couple mm. of days. Like, it, it, and if it, it is, it, we're going to start throwing the ball at it. Yeah, like, because yeah, he's Achilles. <laughs> and, you know, he was dipped into the water. And that's his, <laughs> that's his Achilles heel, his calf. Fucking attack it. Be attack dogs. So uh, but I, look, I look at the squads, lads, and I think both teams batting struggles massively. I think England is still coming down for this emotional like strain of winning the World Cup the way they did. And I just think like England's... Uh, sorry, Australia's emotional squad... Emotional strain from winning the World Cup the way they did. No, yeah. but I mean... No, like, they must hurt. I mean, like Australia lost their series uh, immediately after winning the 2011 World Cup, uh, 2015 World Cup. India lost their series after the 2011 World Cup. There's definitely a thread here that like it happens. Mm. That like winning the World Cup in a cycle where you put everything into it, it do- there does seem to be a thread happening where like, it, you know, it is hard to bounce back immediately afterwards. Anyway, I just think like Australia's squad, nice Siri. Um, um, Siri's now talking about hitting a boundary. <laughs> Anyone for six, I didn't get it. Australia- <laughs> Australia's squad. Australia's squad is better than England's squad. Yeah. I think. Thoughts? 
Yeah, it's just cricket's just a great game for like the last thing that happens is there for the thing that happens. I knew everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Langer had it right all yeah. along. Name of the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, look, I don't know. I, I'm, I just think we are just so lucky to have Steve Smith in the side and mm-hmm. that without him, we're ab- everything changes and mm. the entire balance. And then of I wake up every morning universe. and yeah. I thank God for every breath I take. <laughs> the POD song. That, um, no, no, just, that's just what I do okay. about Steve Smith being in the Australian side again. Mm. It's beautiful. <laughs> just quickly, uh, at the at the small risk of inserting ourselves into the story, we sure. did we had a special opportunity yesterday to go onto BBC TMS and all the asserted uh, yeah. assorted um, happenings mm-hmm. in and around that. Mm-hmm. We had a good uh, opportunity to go into the green room beforehand mm-hmm. with a few salubrious green room test players and a few uh, you know funny incidents. We'd heard from one player, it's an interesting insight. Uh, one ex player uh, talking about Smith, just saying, um, you know, the the problem. The problem with this is that we want we actually want Test cricket to be shit because when everyone's shit at Test cricket, mm. uh, we can sledge them for it and that's exciting. But when people play proper Test cricket, that's when you go fuck. This game's boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's five days, are there? Yeah, five. that's right. Yeah, five yeah. days of this because yeah. they played properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish they'd said that on air, but uh, obviously you can't. They never say the things that you know they they really I want think. to say. Mm. Unless it's an island test match, of course, that was four days for some mm. reason. Mm. Nothing yeah. like a you know adapting the rules as it, you know, if it's your needs. Mm. Um. I suppose we should mention that we were in the Holly Stand yesterday, which has picked up the, the experience of um, you know actually mm. being in the ground and stuff. Our, so. our experience traditionally has been in Melbourne and Sydney, where we're from. Obviously, mm. um, we've, I think we've already been to Lords, as mm. many Australians have over the years. Very different experience of being in Edgebass and, and the Holly Stand specifically. Yeah. You want know, to say some words about yeah. what that environment is like? The Tim Payne. Say some words. Put some words together. Put some words together, together about that. Yeah. Think about them and yeah. say yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you, you brought up <laughs> you brought up the Australian stadium experience, and it is it's an increasingly Sterile corporate mm, match day experience in Australia. Modern stadia, um, is modern important. stadia in general. And you know, you walk around and you see blokes in, in pastel blue shirts talking about which private school they went to yeah. um, in Sydney, and that's just what you do at the SCG. But you know, the Holly Stand yesterday, mm. we went up there and we stood up there right amongst it. Didn't announce that we were Australian, but we stood up there at the back there next to some real lager lads <laughs> yeah. um, chanting in the way that English people sing in unison is just something that we as Australians can never match. Yeah, that, that the sound that emanated and the acoustics of the Holy Stand was yeah. a fucking good vibe yeah, there. Yeah, it's fucking good. It's, it is it's really, really good. good. It's really it's good. really good. Like, yeah. uh, there's actually no point sledging it. It's actually, I'm envious mm. of, like, the atmosphere mm. that they can generate you yep. know, behind the team. It's incredible. Like, the unison that, like, the pack mentality can have in a good way, you know, is amazing. Oh, mm. Top 15 at least. Top 15 top at least. We'll get, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll get to those comments. But uh, I, like, totally agree. And I think that the English people... By and large, oh, we were there when the Holy Stand was probably at its quietest over the five days because Wade and Smith were just smashing them everywhere. That's right, smashing Joe Denley if, for fours for fun. Exactly, yeah. Wade was bringing up his hundred with, by reverse sweeping uh, for mm. four. Mm. But um, even so, you can just look around and see guys in this kind of like really tin, tinny kind of stand yeah. that has great acoustics, yeah. just making their own fun. Some mm. will stand up and start singing a song. People will join in. All of a sudden, there's a trumpet. All of a sudden, mm. we're singing Rule Britannia because it's just a really beautiful melody to yeah, it, yeah. as are horrific as the lyrics are. We don't actually um, believe any of that. Yeah. Britannia ruled the waves and caused a whole bunch yeah. of problems that yeah, many yeah. people are still trying to get over today. Yeah. But it's a good melody to the song. Mm. <laughs> it's a catchy tune. Yeah, really yeah. catchy tune. And uh, yeah, you, you have to hand it to the Holy Stand. I think, it, I think it's great. It, mm. it, it, is, it is really fun. So Australia 5-0? Australia 11-0. 11-0. 11-0. 11-0. It would appear. It'd appear. And yeah, but just on, on Payne's comments, you know, that, that the thing was he did get the Birmingham faithful offside by 
kind of being miffed at the notion that Edge Baston was really intimidating. Mm. And you could see through his press conference comments, like, this this wasn't calculated. Like, it wasn't alpha reflex. He's like, not in the top 15. Mm. Set it out the side of his mouth, had one eye on the person who asked the question, but True. then now the other eye working, like, looking away. Um, but I think he'll claim it as calculated. He will now, obviously, you in retrospect. It wasn't when he was out everything. for five, pulling uh, to, to take the score yeah. to six for nothing. But, um, but then you think, are you, are you really going to get triggered by the suggestion that your ground isn't intimidating? I mean, it's cricket, isn't it? Like, it's not fucking Galatasaray. You know, it's not <coughs> Turkish football. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's guys dressed up as the Pope and yeah. 1966 World Cup side yeah. singing about lager and, you know, mm. old... It's um, funny, colonial. if anything. There's nothing hostile or intimidating about no. that, I would have thought. But they, they did get upset and they were sort of trying to, trying to mm. ride him and put pressure on him and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, mm. guys, it's cricket. You know, yeah. there's nothing I mean, intimidating about it. I think of 15 grounds in Western Sydney yeah. that are more intimidating than that, mm. you know, because someone's trying to sell you ice in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> Actually happened. State contract with a player. I love captains using revisionism like uh, Faf Duplessis when in the World Cup when he said Imran Tahir was going to bowl the first over in the World Cup to Jason Roy who, mm. who didn't fancy spin. Or oh, Johnny Bairstow got him out first ball. He's like, yeah, I planned that three years ago mm. or whatever it was. Great stuff. Yeah, it's like From when Siri said didn't even get it. Didn't even get it. Didn't even get it. All right. Um, now, the plan is that we're trying to get Marcus North onto the show who has confirmed apparently. So, Marcus, you're going to hear I think we should be able to get Marcus North. We should be able to have this conversation with him in Newcastle overlooking yep. uh, a club cricket ground. But yep. it's, it's a timing thing. So, if you don't hear him, then something didn't work out, which wouldn't be the first thing on this tour. Yep. Mm. Australia 11 0. All right. Uh, Marcus North and then hashtag SDGC. Cat actually wrote uh, a three part fan fiction series a few years ago uh, entitled The Choke, which looked at the, the, the fallout from the dressing room altercation between yourself and Michael Clark. Now, clearly, this incident split the team into two lines, you know, much like Christos Tiolkas's novel The Slap. Um, can, I, can I send that to you for feedback? Because I think you'll like it. <laughs> I think you've just got good feedback, haven't you? <laughs> fan fiction. Fellas, I'm extremely pleased to announce after a lot of teasing, you could say, you could say there's been a bit of teaser horse behaviour, a bit of fluffing on this front, but uh, pleased to announce that uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours, the Grey Cricketer all-time alpha pair of budgie smugglers will be available via the Budgie Smuggler website. Normal. Normal Normal stuff. stuff, Normal stuff to emanate from a Twitter account that started in 2012. Mm. Here we are. Uh, So... You can get these uh, via the Budgie Smuggler website. Let's just go through what's on these smugglers again. So it's celebrating the alphas of cricket as it stands, mm. I should say. So you'll see Viv Richards with a cigar. You'll see Alex Carey with bandage around his head. You'll see texts of um, Michael Clark writing to Jared Waitley, or should I say Gerald Wheatley, mm. on one part of this patchwork mm. quilt design that mm. is uh, endlessly repeating. Mm. Merv Hughes' eyes are there. Mm. I think Dennis Lilly sunning himself mm. at the mansion that he brought off the proceeds of um, laying a bet against Australia mm. uh, in the 1981 Ashes series. Just a lot of good moments. Mm. All the great moments. 65. Mm. So the regular smugglers are 55. Uh, and so listeners will just be overjoyed to hear that they're more than 55. Mm. Um, overjoyed. Generally, but it's just alpha, it's to, an alpha to put price 10 point. bucks on. And it's alpha. I should say, we, we, could, uh, we got this design turned around extremely quickly. 
mm. budgie smuggler great to work with you can yeah. if you want custom smugglers for yourself you can just literally jump onto their website you upload a design it doesn't require any particularly like uh strange files or like stuff that requires you know knowledge of adobe illustrator obviously a design looking good helps mm. but you know if you want to put it on a powerpoint presentation as um mm. we may or may not have done they can turn that around and make it work very easy to get your own custom smugglers uh, you go to budgiesmuggler.com.au all-time hour for smugglers 65 bucks with all of the uh those things there that we said earlier <laughs> budgiesmuggler.com.au well we have the distinct pleasure uh, on this cast of speaking uh, on this beautiful, dappled, lit evening in Newcastle uh, to wonderful first class and test player Marcus North. I just want to regale you with some numbers here. 21 tests for his country, 1,171 runs, high score of 128, 450s, five tonnes. That's a good conversion rate. First class numbers are staggering, 214 matches, 13,764 runs, high score of 239 not out, averaging over 40, 69, 50s and 37 tons. It's actually quite off-putting because the man sitting next to me, he's just actually looking over my shoulder at his own <laughs> stats. 158 first-class wickets has his name on the Lord's Honours board after taking six for 55 against Pakistan. Uh, apparently they call him the snorkel. Marcus North, hello. Uh, g'day, boys. How are you? <laughs> the snorkel, I like it. Straight in I'm, there. I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, isn't this nice, though? We're, we're at the Jesmond Cricket Ground, home of Newcastle Cricket Club. We're about to do an event for the club. You just look wonderful. Uh, why'd you agree to do this? <laughs> oh, I was trying to help out a few friends and then, you know, you guys have been a group of guys that I've followed on Twitter, which has mm. been, you know, giving me great humour over the last couple of years, so nice to finally meet you guys and hopefully have a bit of fun tonight. I'm sure I'll cop a bit, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> there, there, might, there might be a little bit. Um, you know, answer the question, with, you know, that's on all of our lips. Compare club cricket in Australia to club cricket in England, socially and technically. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give me some warning for that one. Jeez. Um, I, I give, look, to be fair, they they are very different. There's a there's a there's a different way of 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 the club system. Obviously, Australia, you've got club sides which have got four, five, six teams. Some of them um, have a massive social scene. Um, as you guys continue to talk about, there's a lot of politics and selection, training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here, it's very much so. If you're a member of the club, you're kind of in your play and you have a few pints at the end of the weekend. So it, it's completely different. Um, do they train here? No, they don't really train. Where if in Australia you don't train, they get picked. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's slightly different. But, um, yeah, it's still good fun, though. It's yeah. still good fun over here. Something that's comforting to me about this ground was learning that directly behind Lawn there's a cemetery. <laughs> um, you know, in great cricket, a lot of dreams die at, at cricket grounds. <laughs> um, there's a lot of dead blokes just behind Long On. <laughs> Mate, I tell you what, this ground here has got a reputation of a few bowlers going to their grave early. The, the boundary's tiny. It's known to be an absolute flat wicket. Um, give you a bit of history on the ground. This is the minor counties, home of Northumberland minor counties, but it's also, you'll see guys when you go in, there's a lot of Australian touring and international touring sides have played matches here over the years. Um, you're talking like 70s, 80s, 60s. So there's some legends that have uh, walked on this hello turf at Jesmond. And now here we are as well. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, I want to know, like, obviously there's batting in the news across the world at the moment. You know, Australia and England's technically quite weak batting lineups, except for Steve Smith, who's obviously amazing. You, you're a guy who's done well in Australia and the UK against the Kookaburra, against the Dukes ball. You know, it is a bit of a serious question, but like, I mean, is there a massive <laughs> difference between facing the two? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, the Kookaburra boars doesn't really do a lot. No. Let's not kid ourselves. So it's easier in Australia, yeah, well, basically. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say easier. It's slightly different. Duke's boar is, I think, it's probably the best ball in, in test cricket. Mm. Um, I don't know how it would go in Australian conditions. It's certainly pretty good over here. It tends to swing most of the time. But, yeah. um, but no, I think Kookaburra boar is the one I'd rather face. At the tea break, Pez and I actually walked out onto the field, took our shoes off, did a bit of earthing, um, lay on the ground. People were going, what the fuck are these blokes up to? <laughs> Changed my mind about it as well. It's yeah, it fantastic. actually, the, the electrons are still coursing through my body right now. Mm. But there was, you know, the ball was there, so we had a look at the match ball, we felt it, and there was also a box of balls, mm. Duke's balls, which we fondled and got to know. <laughs> yeah. First time I've touched a Duke's ball, feels pretty fucking good. Mm. It's yeah. just a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let, let's because uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time here, Marcus. It's been a, like a historic day for Australia. Uh, you're obviously a Test player, an ex-Test player, living in England. I mean, what did you make of Australia's victory? Uh, has this turned the series on its head? Do Australia become favourites now? Can England come back? Oh, I'm not going to get too ahead of ourselves. Um, so five nil. It's like eleven nil earlier. Just cause don't, don't get me wrong. I'm bloody happy. Uh, Obviously, I work in, in English cricket now with Durham as director of cricket there. and the so guy, You can't say much. I can't say too much, reasons, but yeah. I, well, I did get some pleasure this afternoon. So we had some optional training. Mark Wood's injured at the moment, but he was in seeing the physio. And I knew he was in the change room, so I kind of ran in, overly excited, and he saw me straight away. And he just looked at me and went, fuck off, Northy. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a great start for the boys. Um, hey, Lords is normally a pretty good hunting ground for us too, so... Mm. 2 nil up, Ooh, gee, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Are you just saying that to segue into your 6 for 55 at Lords, uh, which is on the honours board against Pakistan? Yeah, mm. no, not quite. Uh, six, how many, how many legit? I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Slope would have accounted for five of them, obviously. No, I, I had a couple of long, half trackers that kind of, um, you know, got some, some wickets, which I was happy about. But no, look, can't take it away from me, can no, you? No, of course. <laughs> um, you legitimately might be the last Australian person to score 100 at six. Uh, I'm not even sure if you did. I'm just guessing that you did at one point. But well, like, it's the only place I batted. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Matthew Wade just bulk runs for a couple of seasons. It's got to be satisfying. For a guy as well, you, I mean, you scored thousands of runs in first-class cricket before getting a chance for Australia. It's got to be satisfying as well to see Matt Wade, you know, plan the runs in shield cricket for a couple of seasons and then do the job in the first Ashes Test yeah, match. It's, it's, we've seen it before. Bucky Rogers did the same. Remember a couple of years ago, yeah. Bucky, you know, yeah. he kind of came in the side as an established, more mature player, had a really good couple of years, a couple of good Ashes. Nothing wrong with Wadey, you know, he's done everything he can. What has he made, like 1,600, runs? That's right, yeah. Um, and walked in and made 100, so that good on him, mate. It's, it's good to see him kind of fight back. It just shows us guys that have had a bit of a taste at Test Cricket, they get the boot, but, you know, they can come back in and, and have another go at it. What do you think about that? What do you think about the new meritocracy of Australian cricket, like actually selecting people based on data and, and results? <laughs> and character, just, like, like a character nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Has that not happened before, or...? No, uh, run, you know, being selected was based on your rig, uh, <laughs> your, your chest diameter, yeah. bicep circumference. How um, much you looked over other people's shoulders when you talked to them. Yeah. Stuff Is like that, that. Like, like, like a Michael Stoinis? Big <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you called him Michael Stoinis. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike so, no, 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 don't pretend to pretend that you are. No, you're him, he's dead. All right, well, so we've ended Stoinis' career. We'll wrap this up quickly, just as the sun just starts to set beautifully in this mm. dappled soft light yes. of Newcastle. I can see why you've come to set up here. I have to say, like English people, England cricket, they, they know how to do club cricket. I know that club cricket in both Australia and the UK 
uh, is it, you know, has a few question marks over participation, etc. But people here do know how to play cricket and how to actually get people involved, right? I mean, like nights like tonight uh, are a long way from the syringe-filled fields of uh, Western <laughs> Sydney, 50Ks from the airport. Harsh on Western Sydney, I should say. But uh, isn't this beautiful? Yeah, it is. It's lovely. And what a night for tonight. Yeah, we'll see what we say tonight. Well, anyway, well, that was... Uh, <laughs> Everyone's prepaid, so... Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, anyway, Marcus Stoinis. Uh, Marcus Stoinis. <laughs> Marcus North, thanks so much uh, for coming along and, and chatting with us on the podcast, and uh, obviously we'll speak more tonight. Pleasure, lads. Cheers. I don't play cricket for results. I don't come to take wickets, score runs, or win games. I play cricket to look good. Rigs, chests, pipes, circuits, salads. This is my domain. So when I hit the sheds, I need to radiate success. That's why I use Chop King Cologne by TGC. With a blend of the finest handcrafted English willow, and Kookaburra Red King Leather. Chop King Cologne lets me radiate cricket. Whatever the ground, whatever the circuit. Chop King Cologne. The new fragrance for men by TGC. Reek of runs without hitting them. Hashtag RSTGC. This gentleman, this one starts off straight away. By Tom Collin, who says, Dear Grey Cricketer, I was wondering if you could help me with some of my deep-seated psychological issues. I know I, uh, I, know I should probably see a counsellor, but, uh, but talking to three blokes on the internet is cheaper. I was born in 1995, which meant I spent my formative years as a young child watching Australia dominate. I love every second of it. Like many young kids, I bleed green and gold. I still remember dancing in my living room with my dad after Australia won the 2003 World Cup by thumping India, but then something changed. I can't point to a single event, but as I got older, my love for Australian cricket started to diminish. Being a somewhat sensitive person, I found that I didn't like their overly aggressive attitude and frequent episodes of ugly behaviour, epitomised by Brad Haddon giving Martin Guptill a send-off for being too nice. This situation has become so serious that I now find myself actively rooting for the old enemy. So much so that I felt immense satisfaction watching England put Australia to the sword in the World Cup semi-final. My question is this, what is wrong with me? Am I just a self-hating leftist cuck? And what should I do to rediscover, rediscover my love for the Australian team? Yours in a complicated and still unresolved love for cricket, Tom. Yeah, like a, a self-loathing of your nation uh, when you observe kind of behaviours that you, you don't think are quite in line with your own values mm-hmm. is natural and logical and rational, mm-hmm. uh, right? That's, that's the, that's, they're the decisions, the, the leaps of a rational person. However, it's, it, it, it is your country and to decide... I don't mind struggling with the way Australia's behaved mm-hmm. a little bit, but to take the leap to support or want England to win, mm. that's um, problematic on a psychological mm. level. You know, when you hear... Just generally, and this rule is hard... This is a hardly bound rule and there's no exceptions. Yep. Changing teams in sport mm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can never admit a mistake in life. And when you choose something, a team especially, 
that's yours for life. You've got to own that shit. And no matter if they don't win a premiership for 20 years, 30 years, mm. that becomes part of your identity. And you have to live that every day of your life. I think Tom wants to be won back. Like, that's what he wants. And ultimately, like, he, he is being hurt by Australia and, and the Australian cricket team. He didn't like what that word Brad Haddon did to Martin Guptill, the nice guys of world cricket. Which is a fine and logical and rational Well, that's what Sandpaper conclusion. basically came down to, right? It wasn't so much the Sandpaper itself. It was the Australian reaction to Sandpaper was that we'd been cunts for 40 years and people had just had mm. enough. They'd had enough of it. And then, you know, Smith, Warner and Bancroft carried the crime of people for four Ooh. decades beforehand and they got banned for a year. So like, but, but, but Tom here, Tom is like, Tom wants this new age Australia where like we're nice, we treat people well, we respect the opposition, but we, we still win things. But well, where he, is he now? But with with this evolution or revolution that's going on under Langer, with the earthing and the cults and the Isaiah quotes mm-hmm. and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. the Eternity magazine articles mm-hmm. and well, he's probably stopped paying attention because mm. he also likes a winning team. And England yeah. have just won the World Cup, yeah. so what it's come down to is actually Tom just likes winning but it's teams. Because this is a problem with changing sports teams. Yes, because if those teams that you originally left mm. for problems that you saw at the time change, mm. are you going to jump back on? And do they want you back? Was it like you know with the with the NBA for example, a lot of um a lot of people don't support teams; they support players. Well, this is right. So you yeah. can follow a player when they move yeah. around. Unfortunately, cricket you can't move around unless Maybe you're you just with, a T Twenty fan. You can with names and numbers now. Well, names and numbers you can. They allow you to follow That's players. That's fair. Yeah, but um. That's why I went from New Zealand to you know England when Stokes moved. Mm. Yeah. Because when he moved from a young age, I was like, well, I'm not having any of this anymore. Yeah. When I saw Route 66, I was like, oh, that's, that's clever. That. Yeah. It's like I'm going like like to buy the jersey. Yeah. yeah. All right, lads, this one comes from Anonymous. Um, I always like the Anonymous ones. G'day, lads. Recently, my best mate got a girlfriend after having about five years passed since his last relationship. Mm. I thought it would be a nice idea to invite her along to paintball on the weekend and she could meet the friendship circle. Mm. Prior to the event, a group chat was established and she introduced herself over Messenger by posting an old, embarrassing photo of me in which I dressed up as a Jedi for an event. Mm. She got good laughs and the boys really got around her and I felt my high social standing deteriorating beneath my feet. I took, I took it on the chin. <laughs> the following day, I decided to act childishly and change the group photo to a photo of them both hooking up at a ball in spite and as an actor of revenge in an attempt to regain my social capital. However, I was only met with questions of why and several full stops. I attempted to explain myself with a hole and he kept getting deeper. It now appears that she has presumed the role or assume, assumed the role of the new alpha in the group uh-huh. that everyone looks up to in any respect and standing... Funny if she presumed it. <laughs> we did write presumed. Yeah. Um, any respect and standing I had in the group that I'd built up over the years had been shattered. Choppers, is there any way I can come back from this one and regain any sort of social capital or should I return my back on this group of people immediately and return to playing cricket where I will find similar beta males struggling like myself and make new friends? Kind regards, anonymous burner account. I think, um, I think this is actually great symmetry for what's going on with like, you know, the sledging of... Um, Ben Stokes and the sledging of like Smith Warner Bancroft in in the mass sphere of crowds. Mm, okay, so I think like Sandpaper especially has like given people in crowds to consistently get it wrong, mm. and like and and by that I mean just like just taking it a bit too far. Like the like the Smith crying stuff is like mm. a really interesting reaction to just like how that how seeing Steve Smith cry has made you feel mm. and you go, well, I'm going to use mm. that to... We saw you crying on the telly. That was the worst moment of that person's life and I'm going to use that mm. against him. Mm. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to. Mm. And so like, and and the alpha in the situation of this anonymous question is just like, well, Steve Smith's alpha the fuck out of you by just having the match of his life. 
So can you resume the alpha status? Just admit you got it wrong and just move on with it and just like, just don't use, you know, don't use that necessarily. Yeah, like, like from the hard political comms perspective, you need a new news story. Yep. Like you, right. you need, don't keep poking that bear. You're in quicksand. Uh, if you right. you lost that battle straight That's away, right. you got you got hammered straight away, and if yep. you keep fighting, mm. you will just sink further. Especially yep. when it's a, a new girlfriend in yep. a friendship circle where most nice people will welcome her and mm. support her, That's and right. you'll be hammered because you can take it. Yep. But you've actually this anonymous person has actually taken umbrage at this and tried to fight back. Mm. Like you've tried to fight back a new person in a group, mm. a female through alpha behaviour, mm. uh, you deserve to have lost your status off the back of that. Mm. But mm. from a political comms perspective, change the story. Isn't like, isn't Do some charity work. The girlfriend though is alpha as fuck because she's like, yeah, I'll meet all your friends at paintball. Yeah. We're like, mm. you're never looking your best at paintball. And I couldn't imagine what it's like as a female. We're like, you want to be looking your absolute pinnacle, putting you in like a, basically a bag. Mm. You yeah. know, your hair's not ideal. I'm thinking from my perspective now course, as well. Yeah. And it's like you've got paintballs flying at your head, you know, mm. paint everywhere. Like it's some sort of Dali festival. But what a way to announce yourself to a new friendship circle, right. winning at paintball. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, 1998, Alpha. apparently, in this friendship circle. <laughs> yeah. um, but maybe he should just go and find a new... Friendship circle is easy to find. Can you just go just and put it on Gumtree? <laughs> leave the friendship circle. Yeah. Looking for a new friendship circle, <laughs> yeah. gumtree.com. Yeah. That's yeah. where he needs to go. Yeah. I mean, there's something kind... There is a backhanded compliment in here, Anonymous, that uh, the girlfriend felt that you are a, a good and solid, safe target mm. when coming into the group. And yeah. then you may have also, advert, like you know, without meaning to advance her status as well. So right. you have kind of done her a favour if you want to spin it that way. You know, mm. Often the person who is targeted in these groups, mm. unless they're just a total beta cuck, uh, often the person targeted is, is, is the person targeted because they can take it. Yeah. You know, they have enough social capital that they can take it. At least that's what I tell myself when I get abused. Okay, um, Will writes in. Ask to, hashtag AskTGC. Afternoon, choppers. Presuming a lot there. Some years ago at a cricket festival amongst some leading private schools. Full stop. Okay, this guy can't write. <laughs> Being the worst team there and having been pumped by every team, I lost my head by the last day and put myself at slip despite our attack being carted everywhere. I'm worried about this, just the word construction. Mm. From there, I thought it would be wise to just call everyone... A cunt, including some young <laughs> current test cricketers. Nothing witty. That's right. I'm not surprised. Just being a dreadful bloke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fast forward two years to university, freshers week in halls. Okay. I walk across the corridor to meet some new people. In classic fashion, there was the exchange of private schools. However, when the name of my school was brought up, a voice came up and said, I remember playing against them. Some bloke sat at slip and called me mm. a cunt. I hate saying this. For 50 overs. Frozen in my plight for social capital, I kept quiet. But did I miss an opportunity to <laughs> alpha the fuck out of this guy and own up to it? Yeah, great stuff. We have gone on to become friends, however, I have been on the back foot since. Does a good bloke front up and take responsibility for comments made mm. in the field, misjudged or otherwise? Cheers, Will. you well, got problems, Will. It is... Di <laughs> it's disconcerting to think that, you know, everything that you say on a cricket field could come back to hurt you in five years down the track, for yep. example. Yep. Everything, you know, it's like posting something on the internet, yeah. you know, it's on there forever. So everything you say on a cricket field, someone is harbouring that knowledge yep. and then may be able to use it against you in the future. Yeah. That concerns me as a cricket cricketer. Did you guys sledge much when you played? I can't imagine you guys sledging much. No. Not at all. No. I liked. Um. No, I never abused players. Like I yep. just. But but there was often I, I would I would say things, but I'd like to think that they were sort of in the English yeah. language um, beyond just abuse. 
my, yeah. you know, I'd laugh when someone did something shit yeah, or got yuck. out or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, sometimes uh, you'd get sledged, yeah. um, but I, I never really actively yeah. got Throw in, in like too a, much. you know, one mistake here or, or like a wow. You know, yeah. someone, someone plays a miss, wow. Yeah. You know? Oh my, was this on that's a 12 sledge? No. So, so, so really no. answers. That's about as far as we went. What about yourself? You're a big sledger. Uh, I, oh, I, I didn't mind a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? no, I brought plenty of energy to the field, lads. Yeah. Uh, plenty of chat. No, I, I that sort of stuff. What was your style? Um, I actually wrote this question. Um, <laughs> I uh, I reckon I sledge until I was about maybe nineteen or twenty, and mm. then I don't know why I stopped. There wasn't like a moment where I was just like, well, I just need to stop doing this. Like nothing happened. It was, just, but I, it just the older I got, the more it was just like my words on the field that I was saying to these people said more about me than it did about them. Yeah. Um, and I kept playing for 10 years after that. So, Did you find when you were a sledger, like was it, just to interview a sledger now, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where, was it appreci- now that you've come out the other side, was yeah. it appreciated by your teammates? Like, oh, he's the attack dog in the side. Uh, did, did you feel like I've, yeah. I'm valued for the fact that I will single somebody out who's batting and you know, swear at them for I was a basically while? told um, that I should be sledging more. Um, and I didn't really enjoy it, but so then like my sledging just became I would like sledge my own teammates kind of thing because like, all I wanted to do like in my entire cricket career was like make other people laugh, um, and so you know now we do this, <laughs> but but like but but yeah so um, I forget what the point of this is but that's right I feel this has turned into a Denton interview with Dave Hughes that's right you know? that's right um, but yeah Will's got serious issues does he front up to his friends that he did it. It's a weird thing to How go back to How did he become these mates with this bloke now? Yeah. Like, I don't well, feel like he's, he's out had of it. some growth in terms of like he's no... But he's on the back no. foot with this bloke, whatever that means. Yeah. Like he's, everything he's saying yeah. is just absolutely... He owes him money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lone shark, just can't make those monthly <laughs> he's payments. He's still li- living in the alpha prism yeah. and he's writing into an internet account yeah. about what to do. I think like ultimately... It's good, funny that you can be on the back foot in a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Maybe it is ease reaching. It's hard when you sort of, if you grow up in this kind of uh, cosseted private school system mm. where life really is like without you even knowing sometimes just subconsciously one big alpha hierarchy power play. Yep. And you just, that, that's how you live. That's your reflex to everything. Mm. He might be trying, to be fair to Will, have been harsh on. He might be trying to reach out by writing into an internet account the same way people run to Women's Day. I think like he's probably like a young guy as well like I was when I was sledging. Just like you just grow out of it, you know, if he's got if you got mm. a bit about you, I think is the point. Okay. Um anyway, question answered. Uh maybe a little bit. All right. Um that's in this podcast from a hotel room in Newcastle. Uh hotel we'll be, stretching it. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> it's a B and B. Um we'll be in Leeds and Manchester the next couple of days. Uh, tickets online at greatcricketer.club. Um, yes, we've been offered by our own network who bought the dot .com. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't given it back yet. Yeah. Still haven't given it back yet. I'm uh, just trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out how hard can it be. Well, someone who you know used to work there bought the domain and he doesn't work there anymore, so it's hard to track him down. Almost impossible. Dodging his emails. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole down. thing. It's, it's, it's kind thing. of a compliment though, isn't it? Like, oh, oh, um, We were just told, I was like, no, someone owns greatcricketer.com. You have to yeah. pay to find out. Then yeah. you find out that it's people that you have yeah. worked with. Yep. And you go, oh, can we have it back now? Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll, just, we'll come back to you on that. Yeah. So when we started working with them, they purchased it without telling us. Basically, they're waiting for us to get fucking enormous and then we'll have to go to them and ask for the dot com and have to pay a six figure sum which we will um, I, thought, I hope this conversation was worth it because now we're not working with them ever again uh, saying this. Well, we haven't yeah, mentioned exactly. any names here yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we can do a podcast uh, at the end of every test match and before every test match so we'll be back um, before the Lord's test match uh, a couple have written in and said well, where's the podcast I don't think mm. we ever released sorry I can't remember what, what day we did podcast anymore I don't know what day it is at the moment we're obviously all jet lagged and tired anyway uh, thanks to Mark North for coming on the show thanks as ever for tuning in to the podcast we'll see you next time the great cricketer